Welcome. I made it back from my mom's basement. Oh my gosh, it's been such a journey. A, a, a live streaming journey, a, a road trip. Oh yeah, I actually want to tell you all about it. So welcome to the most... <laughs> the ghosts still have me a little bit. You're going to hear all about my journey right this weekend. And we're going to carry on with our discussion of the vending machine people and what does it have to do with Coca-Cola and dinosaurs and... Oh, well, yeah. Welcome to the Mosaic Arc. We're back. We're back. Okay, so do um. So what happened? Oh no! I knew you'd ask me. <laughs> what happened down there in the basement? <laughs> it was it was a trauma. It was a trauma. You know, I I I I had all my tech ready. I had gotten special setup so that I could you know be like tech cool and use my iphone as a camera and and i mean what was what's fun is you know my mom has collected a lot of old stuff over the years and i had this like this old school desk that i was actually set up with and yeah and then and then well i so well hopefully with the, we're going to try the chat tonight on everybody watching on unauthorized we are going to achieve chat so whatever happens whatever ghosts i end up hearing talking to me we're still going to stick through and i'm not going to quit and i'm going to stick around but i didn't i didn't do it on purpose at the end of the stream because well i'm really tech good you know <laughs> we should just rename it spooky chat now <laughs> we should rename it what spooky, spooky chat Sticky chat. Spooky, spooky, like ooh. spooky chat. Oh, we should rename chat. it spooky chat. You know, I think you need to get closer to your microphone, lady. <laughs> yes, yes. So we could name it spooky it chat. I, 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 yeah. I did everything correct. It was, it was, it was entirely the ghost's fault. It was. <laughs> and if you believe that, you're not pushing me hard enough. Shall I? Did, did I? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly. Like, can I, can I tell everyone what happened to you? I mean, you, I mean, you've given me ghost stories, but what exactly happened down there in the basement? Would you want to reveal to the people? I traveled back in time. Out? I travel. I, I definitely, I traveled back in time. That was it. To freshman year in physics. <laughs> 
that's too much lived experience. No, no, no. You can't be time traveling. I, 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 well, I clearly was because I was down there in the basement where I did all that. I bragged on camera. Did you hear me doing it? I did my calculus homework down there when I was in high school because I was, of course, in calculus. And I, I think I even yes. took AP calculus. I'm pretty sure I did pretty well on it because, like, I went to Rice University, which... <laughs> Which, when mm -hmm. my my parents were there, was called the Rice Institute, but they were the, see, I'm an alumni kid. They were the last class to graduate as the Institute because it had been like this major like tech um, school and to, did a lot of engineering and architecture and everything. And I was, mm -hmm. when I was there, it was called Rice University. Uh -huh. I, I, I've, I've spent, I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking until you interrupt me. <laughs> So, so, no, I'm just letting you like I'm, I'm letting you paint the picture to everyone that you've graduated from a tech university and yet our stream cut out for a very very interesting little reason, didn't it? <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking about. It was ghost. I, I, mm -hmm. uh, as a as a freshman at Rice University in 1982, um, took. Uh, I I don't think I was actually I. Hmm. I don't think I was in honors physics, but I definitely wasn't in the, you know, physics for arts students because I was going to I was going to be an astronaut. Did I tell you that? This, no. this is all going to be topical to our She's changing people. the subject. She doesn't want to tell you all what happened. <laughs> why? Why should I want to? And I'm going to out you. You're trying to out me. Why are you trying to out me? That's I still think your sound is a little low. You need to speak up because you're not going to humiliate me sufficiently well okay. if, if you don't speak up. It's it's right there. Can you hear me? A now? little bit better. <clears throat> yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do the tech Maybe right. I forgot to plug something in. Should I have to? Should I? I've got my earphones in. I've got I've got I've got my power my uh -huh. power cable this time. Cable plugged in today. Did I get my power cable plugged in today? Miss Rice oh, University? Miss Rice University. So, mm. you know, my first my first year in physics, we did mechanics in in the autumn. And if you've done you proper do electrical circuits. Did we? Maybe in the spring. Mm-hmm. I did really well in, in my tests in electrical circuits. Uh-huh all of the did they have many practical classes in those we did we did we <laughs> had lab classes? we had lab uh -huh. in addition to the lectures and the exams we had we had physics lab mm -hmm. <clears throat> so did they did they um did they explain that plugs go into the into the wall socket i, I don't know what you're talking about it was it was it was we had oscilloscopes and we we had we had we had she to doesn't want to tell you all <laughs> she doesn't want to tell you all what really happened in the basement what really happened in the basement what really happened and i'm trying to be gentle i, I am st and i'm still worrying <laughs> that i'm not hearing you let me double check can um anybody listening on okay I, well, I I'm not going to go to the chat yet, I, you guys. Let me let me double check on your output because I I'm I'm really good at this stuff. I can do advanced audio properties, mm. and I can make sure. Can can you speak? This 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 woman is one of the most brilliant intellects alive, and yet I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> well, in my opinion, mm. and yet uh, struggled with something. Quite basic. Very yes. Basic. Yes. Uh, okay. So fine. I guess I'll tell them. Right. So uh, you, you, you dragged it out of me. I used the wrong power adapter 
last week. <laughs> so I'm worrying about it being the Freemasons cutting the street. Oh, you know, it was. It and was. I'm going to get thwarted because I'm talking about magical obelisks. <laughs> she didn't plug in the power adapter. My power adapter. Oh, look, maybe if I turn the sound up on my own, my own laptop. Now can you talk? Yes. Oh, that's better. Okay, so see, the most basic thing. You mentioned the Freemasons. Now, this is interesting. I learned, in fact, that William Marsh Rice, mm -hmm. the founder of Rice University, was a Freemason. So I, <laughs> I was actually going to a Freemasonic school. I didn't, I didn't know that at the time when I couldn't. Okay, so one last week. Somebody's going to be adding this to your Wikipedia page. As we well, speak. you know, it would be an improvement on my Wikipedia page right now. All they do is call me names. Um, you know, if they if they called me a Freemason, Very low would, quality trolling. Wouldn't that wouldn't that make me you know a, a proper upstanding Middle American? This this yeah. this will feature in our story of my road trip. You realize I still haven't told them what happened in freshman physics. <laughs> Would you like to uh, finish that? <laughs> will, you, will you let me talk about something else if I do? Are you going to keep? Are you going to keep pestering me to confess? No, my, I, I my, want to hear about your pa the power outage problems. My then... my true complete failure in physics. Yes. <laughs> Which I and the, I did go on the next year to do to do um, differential equations. I got an A plus in differential <laughs> equations. I did. Mm -hmm. and, and I did vector calculus that next spring, and I got—I don't remember what I got in that one. I'm not sure I did as well in vector calculus. I mm -hmm. like drawing all the pictures. Yeah. But what happened with all of the? Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really good on paper. Did the calculus <laughs> help you? <laughs> um. So what I what I've learned in physics the first year was as good as I was at doing all of those proofs, which I do think is actually topical to what made me a good historian. I was I was very, very good at doing all the physics proofs, all the, the trigonometry proofs, all the vector calculus and differential equation proofs and stuff. I wasn't so good at actually plugging the circuits in. <laughs> and I and no what but what what was hilarious and I realized this last week, it was like fail. What happened to me in physics my first year in in, in freshman physics was I did really fine in all the labs because I had this great lab partner. He was, he was really good at setting up all of the circuits when we mm -hmm. were doing the experiments and I, you know, wrote them up and I understood them and stuff. But in the final for the practicum, we were presented with some very, I mean, they were embarrassingly easy equations. I could tell that. What mm -hmm. I couldn't do was get mm -hmm. the right readings on any of the the uh, the meters to prove that I knew that those were really easy equations. <laughs> so when you're saying there were ghosts in the basement, what you really mean is you're haunted by the memory of the frail, a failed practicum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that it was repeated yes. last week. <laughs> it was and our stream cut out because you didn't pay attention in physics. Maybe. I, I certainly didn't pay attention enough to understand the difference between the um, power adapter that I use on my iPad, which is basically pretty low key, versus the power adapter that I'm supposed to use on my laptop, which apparently can charge a laptop faster than the power adapter that you use for your iPad. And I had plugged in the wrong mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. 
Because they both, but they both use the same little, you know, like lightning thingies, or maybe it's not lightning, maybe it's micro USB, I don't know. Apple keeps changing their adapters. I just plug stuff in. It's pretty. But ask me about the Masons. <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking, you've just proved absolutely that you're female. <laughs> <That's David. laughs> it's pretty. I plug it in. It's pretty. I plug it in. I, you know, I, and, and we had, we had Apple in college too, because um, Apple, the, my sophomore year, my junior year, I said I was in physics 82, 83, and then I was never in physics again. Maybe I should have been, um, but, but, but screaming from the physics school. I did. I, I, I ended up being a very good historian because I was good at Bruce, just not plugging things in. Um, Apple came to Rice very early on, right? We had um, my first my first Apple was one of their little desktops with five twelve k RAM. I, don't, I can't even load a load a picture on five twelve k. Can you imagine? I'm trying to imagine. <laughs> I went from learning to type, which I mentioned last week, learning to type on the manual typewriter in that basement, to taking typing lessons the summer after I graduated from high school and we learned to, you know, type on the IBMs and I had, I got a Smith Corona. The fancy thing I could do with that Smith Corona was, um, correct with this. I can do the motion cause I had to do it. This correcting cartridge, right? So you can either use little strips or white out or these cartridges in and out, in and out. And I had to type on the electric typewriter, my papers for freshman and, and sophomore year. But then Apple came along and they had these amazing, machines that you could type into and and to correct to do corrections you didn't have to do anything physical you could just backspace <laughs> you were you were digitized i was i was digitized very you know very early mm -hmm. there and we'd actually my mom at, back before i got to rice and the apple my mom had actually bought us a a, a, de a, t a texas instrument desktop and i remember programming things in pixels i was i was going to do computer programming and stuff until that freshman physics lab. <laughs> so you so you remember the way back time before before computers? Uh, I remember the way back time before personal computers were the normal thing that mm -hmm. everybody was working on. Yeah. And now you're streaming from your mother's basement. And now I'm streaming from my mother's basement. And no, not plugging in your device. So <laughs> no wonder we got caught in a time loop, and I couldn't figure out what to do. Well. It's confusing. Time travel's hard. Well, it, it, but interesting. You're doing a lot of traveling too. So like maybe, we'll, I don't know, we'll let you off the hook. There's, there's, you did do a lot of time traveling, traveling and space traveling. Yeah. And uh -huh. we need to figure out whether they're different in this vending machine culture that we're in. Well, did they, uh, did they feel very different during your trip? Time and space? Yeah. It, well, so... So the the trip is from Chicago down to Texas, and um, mm -hmm. it is in fact um, on what was Route sixty six, which there's a song about that the Rolling Stones yes. sing. You get your kicks on Route sixty six, and but the the road, the Route sixty six road itself is now a tourist attraction that you have to get off the interstate from to go see the pretty bits that are on off Route sixty six. So. It's like the road is the same path as the old road, but you have to, you're time traveling constantly between the new 
interstate road and the, 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 the promise of this old road that's right beside it. Interesting. It is, it, yeah. Parallel roads. That mm -hmm. feels very familiar to what we're doing, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Mm -hmm. mm. And then there's, so I, I talked my brother into coming up with me, to coming up to Chicago and driving down with me. I talked my husband into coming down and, and driving back with me. <laughs> so they had to fly at the other opposite <laughs> end of these because I wanted to travel with You see with, what with, she does? You know. She talks people into things. I do. I do. Streaming. <laughs> Streaming along. So, but I wanted the, I needed the drive, right? I, I, my husband and I have actually been doing this drive together now for some 30 some years, almost 30 years regularly. Mm -hmm. And I need it. I need that trip on a regular basis. Otherwise I, 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 you know, talk about reset, right? I don't, I don't feel like I'm in space and time correctly if I haven't done that two day drive. Interesting. So it's, it's, an it's orientating. It's an orientating trip. Yes, it's two. It's two day. Two days down. Two days back. And it's a um, the, the 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 stop in the middle is also a really important part of it. You stop at this motel that is like an actual drive up. Park your car outside the motel. It's, but we've always stopped at the same motel <laughs> for for thirty mm -hmm. years now. And that was a sort of time travel effect of saying, you know, this same hotel is here. How is that? How is that the case? It's it's not a historic one in the 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 vintage version of things, but it's just a f still functioning in the way in which Americans used to think of road trips as a kind of mm. well, it's it it's a it's a pr particular kind of journey. It's a particular kind of transformation. But because of the things that you and I have been talking about, and particularly things we were talking about last week. It's taken on a rather more, um, I don't know, magical or prophetic or the, spooky. I, we, spooky. She's on the <laughs> yes. spooky 66. I'm on spooky 66 still. You know, 66, that's a pretty funky name, a mm -hmm. pretty funky number for that road. Everything about America is funky. <laughs> it seems. Well, this is this is what I was thinking. It's like we we were talking last time about what kind of place is Australia, mm -hmm. and we want to talk. Say, and you were saying you can see things about America from Australia that we don't necessarily recognize ourselves as Americans, and then from America, Australia. But the, Australia and America are two poles of the same empire, and we were we yes. were talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we've got different stories. We've got different stories. So our our road trip would look completely different to the one that you took. You've gone from Chicago to Texas, so north to south, and you have all of that history that you've been traveling through. Uh, you know that you've got the the kind of pop mythology of Route sixty six and uh, music that's been written about it, and and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we've got our own our own roads down here different stories but what what do you think the most significant thing is about that but about that journey why is it so orientating to you i'm interested about that well for one it goes through my birthplace it goes through st louis mm. and in centrism games our first poem we put st louis there at the center of the the, the poem it's the beginning setting for yeah. the story centrism right we chose it so it's the place where east meets what eats east meets west um but it's it's my birthplace that I never lived in. My parents were there in medical school after being at Rice. 
and and then after they were after they finished their training and as doctors we moved out to new mexico um so i actually also go i also this trip went out to new mexico again we regularly go to this so the trip is sort of it's it's this it's the center it's literally flyover country it goes th mm -hmm. straight through the middle of the continent through nothing right and <laughs> That I was I was at a um, faculty dinner in June, which was very funny because they they decorated the the hall very beautifully and it looked just like Hogwarts because University of Chicago has various dining halls and libraries and things that could be used in movies for sure. And at the this faculty banquet in the Hogwarts, we had a jazz singer perform with a guitar accompanist and she came up she did a set she sung a number of different songs and then she said i'm going to sing the song that i get the most requests for and build the anticipation like what is the song going to be what is the song going to be and she starts singing it or he starts playing and she starts singing and nobody recognized the song and it was route mm -hmm. 66 it's like there's ah. a, a room full of you know, talking about the smartest people on the planet, right? It's some of the smartest people on the planet in the university system. Um, you know, all of the professors, not just history, but it was scientists and business people and, um, you know, surrounded. I had some really good conversations, people I hadn't met before. But she's singing this song about, you know, from Chicago to L.A. on a route that I have driven, you know, twice a year at least, sometimes more for I actually, I drove part of it when I was growing up too, because we used to live in Kentucky. So go from Kentucky to Texas and then on to Albuquerque. Um, a road that I know very, very well as the 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 landscape and the the place names and the feel of the sky. I mean, but mostly what I I think about when I I think about this trip is how the sky changes, mm -hmm. and the, then the land starts out very flat here around Chicago and and you know, gets more hilly as you go through Missouri. And then it's, it's actually quite beautiful when you're going through Oklahoma because um, Eastern Oklahoma is very hilly and um, treed trees, lots of trees. You go through Oklahoma city, which clearly sits in the middle of the land break. I mean, that's why it's the city is where it is. It's, it, the, the land mm -hmm. changes. And then on the opposite side of Oklahoma city, you're in a much more flat canyony kind of region and all of this that that is for me it's like that is the the road that i read the lord of the rings on <laughs> mm. so i think it's like w w how many layers of time you were taking the road to mordor on route 66 well no not to me <laughs> to me mordor where is mordor in this story that's interesting um mm. i was i'm i'm traveling with the fellowship to the mountains in in this in this uh -huh. journey because the, you know the end of it okay. in my my experiences we you know, tend to go as far as New Mexico and then not further. I have driven it further along to LA um, for a fencing tournament. Um, but most of the time we stop in the mountains, right? So it's the road to the mountains. I guess it's to me like going from the Shire to the Misty Mountains or something. And then mm. what happens in the mountains, what happens, what happens there. And so it is, it is literally for me the most storied road that I know personally, because we used to go, you know, on that road to go to see my grandparents on that road now to go see my mom on that road now to be out of this coastal 
flying flying population on the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have the <clears throat> we don't have that geographic change here. Mm. I'm just thinking of the distinction between the two. So that our, you know, our continent's basically just desert in the middle of it. We've got the east coast, which are uh, it's it's where most of the capital cities are along the east. It's it's greener. There's a little bit of water and whatever. The majority of our continent's just completely dead, deserted. There aren't even any mountain ranges on the in the inside of it. So we don't have these beautiful uh, long drives that you guys in America have. But uh, why do you call a flyover country? Why is it flyover? Well, because people fly from one coast to the other. And they get, you know, it's from mm. New York to LA and it's what I've realized. And I, I think I, I don't remember whether we've talked about this on stream, but you and I have talked mm. about this, that one of the, one of the strong sensations I have now about roads and riding on the roads is they're, they're, um, rivers. I'm trying to think they're faux rivers. They're. No, what is the word for it? Surrogate rivers. That's not, none of these words are right. They they are um, they're replacing the rivers because mm-hmm. one of the things that happens. The reason St. Louis is where it is is it's on this confluence of the the Missouri, the Ohio, and the Mississippi, and I guess the Illinois too because they they rerouted it so that it would go into the Mississippi. So the the land is divided by the, this giant river, and St. Louis sits on the 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 sits there on the bank and that region is curiously known as little egypt mm-hmm. <laughs> because the, i mean i'm not actually i'm not entirely sure i was sort of talking to my mom about it and saying you know do you know why they called it little egypt and she hadn't really under known that so it's 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 one of those things the other thing so there's my story that goes through this land and then there's these layers of story that you may or may not be aware of if you're going through these regions. One of the curious things about St. Louis is that there, it's a, the site for these uh, mounds. Called, we, the archaeologists call them mound builders, and they're basically flat-topped pyramids, earth mounds with flat okay. tops. And like ziggurats. Yeah, ziggurats. Sort okay. of. Mm. But they just look like hills now, okay. flat-topped hills. And it was some time before people, the European Anglo-American settlers, however we call ourselves, um, moving in there, recognized that they were something other than simply bumps, right? <laughs> because they don't, they don't look, they, they don't, they don't, I mean, they look built if you pay attention to them, but they don't necessarily look like they're not rock. They're, they're earth okay. mounds. Okay. And, but there's some of them are moderately tall and they were centers of fairly significant settlements. And one of them was, they're called Cahokia now. Um, right across the river from where St. Louis now sits. So you say this was all already a, a settlement area. There's no writing f- to describe what happened in these these mounds or these pyramids. So it's, it's solely archaeological speculation. Some of the objects found in them look rather um, South American or Central American, uh, but they could have come mm-hmm. by trade. So it's you know, maybe trade down the Mississippi through the Gulf down to the Yucatan, the Caribbean, say the, you know, the Mayan pot, who knows, right? I think that there's not, 
um, we don't have stories about what went on in those in those cultures. And they all left before any uh, Europeans showed up. They 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 weren't driven out by the Americans coming through. They or the United States coming in. They were those settlements were already abandoned. But the, but the road you know that I'm the Route sixty six goes right through that region. You say okay, what layer of story are you in there? Mm. Um, okay, so wait, there's, so there's a river story. There's the road story, and then it's also the railway story. It's it's the the railways connecting the east coast and the west coast. And one of the things that that Route sixty six does is it also follows things like the Santa Fe rail line, which started in Chicago and went all the way down to to New Mexico. And the settlements, the 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 American, I'd say the United States people settlements are spaced for both of those things for the road the road traffic and the railroad traffic and those two those two transportation networks the rail and the road for a time made this uh the sort of dot com region i think it's like this is where all the startups were you have all the people it's like well go west okay. and you're going to found a town and you're going to make but once the airplanes came in and you have the ports the airports you can fly from one major city to another. Then we, as the, as United States, reverted to our maritime origins, and this became flyover okay. country. Right? It's the it's kind of the middle the middle that nobody travels except for all the trucks that are carrying stuff. Oh. So there's they're they're like but they're like ocean liners, ships, the ships of the rivers. So you've got the freight, <laughs> the freight. Yeah, you've got yeah. like freight, the freight going through freight trains. Right. And freight road trains. Okay, that makes sense. So it's it's a it's a kind of um, restructuring of empire based on uh, traffic. Mm-hmm, then, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, it's all about traffic in the truest sense of the word. Yes. You don't have uh, you don't have civilization where you don't have traffic. Yes. Interesting. So you've got little abandoned pyramids. <laughs> I'm I'm putting all put, I'm putting put it all, all of put, this put together. It all together for the, you know, I have I have a I have a mosaic putting on, that was I'll put I need my I need my hapchetsu fake beard on when I do You these. do. <laughs> you do. Let me give them a, let me give them a different picture for you talking about. Here she here she is. She's putting on her hapchetsu. Don't worry about what pictures I'm showing. I'll just <laughs> you talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it's very interesting because you've got this, you know, you've obviously got a history of some kind of pyramid building civilization that for some reason just up and abandoned. I mean, why would you just abandon everything? I, there's there's so many questions, but also the, the other thing that you've mentioned is that they left no writing about themselves, which means clearly somehow illiterate people are capable of uh, producing something resembling uh, advanced architecture at some point. I don't, I, th- I don't know if it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is even before the United States gets, gets itself assembled into existence. It's before the Spanish are there. It's before the, so this is this region that I'm describing or driving down through is also, it was Louisiana. Mm-hmm. The French were there and, and the okay. Jesuits were there. 
uh, long before the English show up. Thus, Saint Louis. Thus, Saint Louis. It's Saint Louis. So you've got, you've got the, you've got the the croissant people arrive <laughs> after the pyramid builders have buggered off. Why did the croissant people leave? Napoleon sold it to the United States. <laughs> okay. Napoleon was busy trying to conquer Europe. And in 1803, uh, it seemed a good idea for him. It's it's the same way the, the United States, well, I guess it was the English before the, it was the United States, the, acquired New Amsterdam. The, mm -hmm. the English traded, what, the Nutmeg Island for New Amsterdam, and it became New York. Um, this region, so I, you know, so I started high school in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So another Louis. I was born in San Louis. Um, I'm describing. It's like I was. Mm -hmm. I was younger when I was in New Mexico, New Nuevo Mexico. When we moved from Nuevo Mexico to Kentucky, all the kids in Kentucky said, "Are Are you American? <laughs> <laughs> Were we Mexican?" Well, what's interesting is we mm -hmm. actually my my parents actually moved from San Luis to Albuquerque. Um, mm -hmm. at the same time, a lot of the, the whites showed up in Albuquerque because of the labs that were, the United States was building there. So it's very federal. That part of the country has okay. a very, you're very aware of the federal government, um, for two reasons. So I've, I've described, we've gone through San Louis, the great crusader King. Now we're going to go down through Missouri into Oklahoma and Oklahoma was of course Indian territory until it wasn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, one of the things you see as you drive past get, to go through Indian territory, AKA Oklahoma um, is casinos. Interesting. Which are, Why so many casinos? Oh, well, yes, indeed, because they're run by the tribes, they're nations and the each different nations have different, arrangements with the federal government, I, uh, the American federal government to be able to have these casinos, but they they built a lot of them now in New Mexico. They, they weren't there when I was growing up there. say between Albuquerque and Santa Fe, you see huge casinos. And similarly along the road to like around Tulsa, um, big one, big hard rock cafe one by Tulsa. These are uh, gambling that the money uh, goes to the, the the tribes, and uh, the you have to be enrolled in the in the tribe to be able to get these the the revenue from these casinos. But they're casinos. Okay, so you've got empires playing swapsies for different patches of territory, yep. and then you've got tribes <laughs> that have negotiated with the empire to start up casinos. Yes. <laughs> Your country's fucking wild. Isn't it wild? <laughs> and you will never, I, it's like, what? What, what's hilarious about all of this? Is Australia is nothing like this. Like, you've got to understand when I say it's different. This is, this is next level. Sorry, keep going. But I, I bet you most Americans will know a lot of this history, but won't be conscious of it. <laughs> they won't be conscious of the bizarre layering <laughs> talk about the time loops we yeah. haven't got to the masons yet i i mean we will get to the masons i Yo, uh, yes, maybe we do, do we do we want to see if anybody's actually talking to us and let's see if i can start this chat this time let me see i'm gonna cross okay we please please everybody i'm <laughs> uatv i'm about to look at the chat if i get if i get monsters again i'm <laughs> i'm oh look at this look at this we've got we've got okay Thank you all for joining. I will now, 
do roll. All right. So Mel is here. Part two. Yeehaw. Yes. Okay. Andrew J. Welcome. Good evening. Standing outside bear. Good evening, Dr. Brown. I've really enjoyed your podcast so far. Thank you so much for sticking with us as we were learning all the tech. You could, you see, I couldn't. She aced physics. I aced physics. Just not the practicum. <laughs> right. Manuel. Woo. Andrew J. Traveled back in time. And did you consider killing baby Hitler? Just kidding. Stick with us. We'll get to, well, maybe not in this episode, but there. Okay. Standing outside bear. I hear her fine. Andrew J. USB-C. Is that what the, so Andrew, that's the little, the little one is the USB-C. Okay. Jordan, Jordan on. Whoops. Frankly, I, this is proof one needs to be a rocket scientist to handle Apple products correctly. Now you say this, you say this, this is brilliant because of course, Rice University owns the land that NASA sits on. <clears throat> for real, for real. So um, also Rice also, I mean, I they did when I was there and I tell this as lore, I assume it's still true. Um, they also owned the land that the Astrodome sit, sits on to so the football stadium. Um, but indeed, Rice University is so closely tied to rocket science. Kennedy gave his we're going to the moon speech on Rice at Rice University in 1961. And he gave it in our football stadium, which was hilariously huge because when my parents were there, Rice actually fielded a football team that was could challenge the other Texas teams. That, that was certainly not the case when I was in college and we were mainly known for the a marching band that did not march. They just ran from formation to formation because it couldn't be bothered to practice formation marching. <laughs> <laughs> they called themselves the marching... That marching band in that case. They called themselves the marching owl band, the mob, and they dress in fedoras and, you know, they... Anyway, it... There's a, there's a lot of rice stories in there. But um, okay. the... So the, when Apple was giving us... Rice kids, the opportunity to buy their products and get us hooked for life worked. I, I did I did go to Olivetti for a bit when I was in, in graduate school in Cambridge, and that's all they had. They had the Olivetti Italian. And then I switched. Okay, anyway, I came back because I do actually like Apple uh, aesthetic. Um, clearly, Apple was trying to get its way into the moon, the moon shots, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Burning pitch. Does it still take three tries to plug it in correctly? Probably. Um Ethers are boy, I tuned in at the right time. Well, ethers are if you don't help me with my my electronics this weekend, I'm just I'm well, I'm stuck because you're driving me. Everybody come to come to BaseCon if you're not signed up already. Watch for videos if we, we hopefully we can make it. Um, okay, uh, Inquisitor Inquisitor Bear. Hey, is this your Rings of Power fan stream? <laughs> Just kidding. We 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 have and love your work, Rachel. Thank you. Um, we actually have a plan to do a Gladriel stream probably next week because we need to think about this 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 girl power thing. Um, so yes, Rings of Power. Mel Swan, Mel. Um, far over the Misty Mountains, cold indeed. Thank you. I'm glad I made it safely back to River Run, Cement Rivers, Ethers are the Great American Desert. Well. Yes, there's a lot of that. Um, Casey, yes. So you're getting, we're getting, now we're flowing back into where you all were listening. The maritime culture gave way to the caravan culture. Rivers into roads. Nice. Yes, we need, this This, this fits in our McLuhan meditations that try, and this the vending machine people came out of that conversation as well, that all streams together. 
what kind of media are roads as opposed to rivers, as opposed to rail, as opposed mm-hmm. to airplanes, and and now the streaming and our streaming, you know, we're getting back into something that has to do with the maritime very powerfully. And we're, we're building to that as I'm telling Kilt's the story tonight. So we keep, stick with us. Okay. Casey and Mel are now saying hi to each other. Ken says hi. That's right. Um, Rainwater Bear says Rice only owned Clear Lake land temporarily as a part of a land transaction. If you know more about that, you can explain to me. Because I what I mainly know from the Rice is, you know, the kinds of things that the tour guides tell the, the prospective students about things on campus. And so it could all be fake. It could, <laughs> it could all be mythological. For example, I wasn't aware that William Marsh Rice was a Mason until I was there in in April this year. And my get my host at University of St. Thomas, the Catholic school was saying, you know, they're Masonic there. And I'm like, what? I didn't know that. <laughs> he says, yes, look at, look at the, look at the shield. Look at the heraldry for rice. It's like these owls. I'm like, yeah, we had owls on campus. Right. And he says, no, no, look at, it's got the like Masonic diagram there. Hoot, hoot. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> okay. So happily now I've been able to see the chat, which is great. So shall we shall we carry on talking now about roads and rails and yes we okay. should where were we well empires playing swapsies with territory is probably a good way to start empires playing swapsies with territory so go back go back to Australia and think about why is it why is what I've just been telling you about the American story so different because the Australian you have Aborigines so you have yes. native peoples that were there before the the European settlers come in you have multiple layers of European settlers like the United yes. States did um, yes a multi- multiplicity of territories in fact so I was describing Oklahoma had you know one story and then got given a different version of the story when they let the american settlers come through i mean that always that has always struck me as some of those things are actually similar for us yes yes we do have some similarities we're not we're, we're not uh completely uh distinct in the in the sense that we had to have the same kind of uh development um after europeans arrived here on the continent but the, I mean, the, the first thing you've reminded me of and I'm thinking about is just geographically how different we are. This is a desert continent. It's mostly uh, uninhabitable landmass. So we don't have this uh, river system that you guys have in the North American continents. Right. You know, you have the enormity of the Mississippi and all of these other rivers that are running all over the place. We just don't have any of it. Most, most of the... Uh, the major rivers here, you guys would kind of see them as large creeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the the water reservoirs that we use have been uh, engineered to hold the amount of water that they have in them to sustain population sizes that have grown here. So we just, in terms of um, the the unengineered continent itself, Australia uh, was a completely different um territory to colonize and take over you couldn't just jump on a canoe and you know 
row up the the Mississippi or 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 whatever and and find the interior and settle there. We had to stay by the coastal areas. We we've always been facing towards the ocean for the most part. Well, so that that in, in effect makes you Australia is more what the United States behaves like now, which is no interior. Yes. Coastal yes. coastal facing. I mean always facing yes. the ocean and therefore facing the uh international maritime trade primarily yes. ports yes um okay they're all port cities the majority of the cities here are port they're cities they're all port cities yeah uh the, yeah. the when you say the the nav our navigable rivers i mean louisiana is really focused on that big river system and that you know what mm. the the french were doing here when they were talking to the people who were living here, particularly the Jesuits, and they were trading with them. So the, the big fur trade, the, the big um, beaver beavers. And, and the, uh, okay, keep going. Okay, so the, I'm, I'm just thinking. So they've, so they've gone upriver, they've established trade with the indigenous tribes. Mm-hmm or indigenous nations uh, of of the interior there. So we didn't we didn't have this kind of situation because there weren't large river systems is, uh, here that established uh, international trade in the same way that the North American continent had it. So our tribes were primarily nomadic. They didn't have settlements. And in order to trade with each other, they had to go over incredibly large distances on foot because of course we didn't have horses here; they didn't right. exist. So, I mean, well, the Europeans brought the horses. There were no horses okay. here before the Europeans. Okay, so that's just... they're Spanish. All of those horse horse herds are they're Spanish, which oh, it is, okay. is 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 interesting that the the great horses in Europe were Spanish horses as well. So, you know, the I, I think like the Mustangs. Is, no, but they're but the the Spanish have the horses. So the herds of horses, the herds of wild horses in the West. In the United States, were they're from Europe? Okay, all right. So they've been introduced. So that's a similar yeah. thing. But we we haven't had we haven't had an enormous uh, opportunity for internal trade here. I mm. think that's the difference. So we 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 planted all of the uh, well, the, the colonies were planted by these uh, bay areas, which had uh, waters that were deep enough to establish ports for you know freight shipping and then the populations just sort of stuck around those port cities and you see them even the ones in the west in australia they still they revolved around the port everything about australia revolved around the port so we mm -hmm. we've always had this very um mercantile character about the country and uh the interior has been really uh it sort of just exists in order to feed the cities. There, there is no, or the port cities, I should say. Um, there's no, there's nothing outside of major capital cities here. So, in terms of what that's done to the people, the way that we think and the, the way that the populations change, mm -hmm. uh, we are we are mercantile, we're maritime, and very cosmopolitan now because of it i think so probably very similar to what happened with your new amsterdam 
Well, I'd say maritime is cosmopolitan. That, that's if we mm -hmm. can get people thinking in those terms when saying we're dealing with the globalists versus the nationalists, that mm -hmm. um, Contemplations on the Tree of Woe um, did a really brilliant essay uh, a few months ago on this the, the world island versus the world ocean, which it was a theorizing that came out of the First World War in the early, oh no, but before the First World War, in 1908 or so, the early 20th century, understanding that you have Eurasia, this giant landmass, which is the world island with the oceans, and mm -hmm. that the the two great poles in world history had been control of the oceans or control of the interior of that world island, so the Silk Road, the, the interior, uh -huh. um, and that recognizing that the British Empire, which we've been talking about with the Elizabeth yes. problem, right? The Elizabeth problem. The Eli what, sh <laughs> what shall we call it? The Elizabeth problem, right? Elizabeth and her pirates, <laughs> Sir Francis Drake and Sir John Hawkins, um, setting up to control <clears throat> the maritime trade. I mean, Brit Britain, England is an you know island nation, and so they. Um, King Alfred in the 19th century is remembered as this, you know, the founder of the British Navy, the English Navy, British Navy. Well, he's Wessex, so he's 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 neither. But you know, the Dark Ages, you can see the the origins of the nation coming out of that. That they were already a, a sea a sea power back, although the Normans conquered them with their ships. So, whoops. But <laughs> that that the, the <laughs> bloody uh, Normans. The, I mean, both the United States and Australia, this is, again, it's the, the people know this, but we don't think about it necessarily because you mm. can, I've always probably because I spent so much of my life driving this particular route road thought of the United States as primarily a land place, a, a place of land. And then mm. we talk about how, oh, you know, Americans, we never go anywhere because most of us don't have passports. And in fact, most people here basically live where they're where they grow up. It's interesting, even with the enormous mobility of the last of my lifetime, right? We moved from St. Well, I'm born in St. Louis, don't really grow up there. Moved to Albuquerque because my parents are there. Moved, you know, I'm I'm part of the the mobile professional class that Charles Murray talked about coming apart. You just suck all the the smart people, except for the ones that can't plug stuff in electronically. <laughs> <laughs> out of the whole house. They have to stay in the basement, or at least they should. They should stay in their Don't mom's basement until they can remember can figure out how to plug a circuit in. That all of us got well, maybe I mean maybe I should, maybe you know the, the ones that the ones that can't plug in circuits end up working in finance or something, right? Um <laughs> the, they go they go from the center to the coast and but we still think that we that we talk about something as flyover country that was MAGA country that was you know what mm. is it it's it's the land based region but recognizing pull this back in that both Australia and the United States are basically founded by the British yes uh, as a maritime as maritime powers that the the thing that we are is ports for the great sea trade yes. We serve the sea power. We serve the sea power. We serve the sea empire. Yes. Yeah. So the the world island that you described, and you you mentioned the Silk Road. So that that's that's kind of uh, what the the railways would have been, right? You've got the connection on an interior of of the continent, but the British were not 
uh, established uh, in that way. They needed sails. They needed ships. Mm -hmm. So we're, when we're talking about the Elizabethans and when, when we're talking about the British Empire, it's sea power. All, always. always. Britann Brit Britannia rules the waves. So, well, certainly in the period in which it's it's it's, it's empire because it's in yes. control of well, in control of it it it, it claims market power <laughs> in India and you know, um, Australia and you know continuing c commerce with the United States, which had been one of its colonies. Um, Canada, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, if you look at the, you know, the 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 sun never sets on it because it's got sea sea routes. It's it's got the the control of these ports. So it's oceanic. So so do do most Americans then do they think of themselves as sea people, or do they think of themselves as land people? Like if if you if you if you instantly ask most Americans, okay, what is the American Empire? Is does it belong on the sea or the land? Or people are thinking of themselves as land people. Then I think they'd say land. They'd think they'd think we were land, but we're not. We're interesting. I I I, I think I understand that now. That I mean everything that's going on in ge you know geo big geopolitics is about the United States control of the sea the shipping lanes. Hmm. Absolutely, we're trying to keep, as England tried to keep Russia in the 19th century from having a port that would give them access to. I mean, they already had; they have access to the north, but it freezes. So they want access in Crimea to the Black Sea, which then yes. gives them access to the you know it, the shipping lanes. The shipping lanes are really, really important. Duh, it, I mean, they're critical. And Russia needs access to the Crimea in order to have access to the Black Sea, which then feeds into the Mediterranean, mm -hmm. which then feeds into the rest of the whole, the whole system. Um, the United States is also right now, you know, doing various military exercises with our ships around Taiwan. Yes. And where all the computer chips are being oh, uh, yeah. manufactured. <laughs> More streaming, more <laughs> streaming of tech. Speaking of streaming, right here we are. You realize, so I, 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 I will take. I trust you that you've been thinking pirates this whole time, and we have to pull this all together because the pirates are the big theme, right now. Maybe yes. I'll have to reach. I'll have to change this to the title of this. It's Vinnie Machine People, the Pirates, the Pirate Episode. Yes. <laughs> and those those of you who are listening with us realize we've been talking about pirates this entire time. We, we have. have. Yeah. There will be a quiz at the end. There will be. You also have to spot the pirate. We have to it's it's play pot the spot the pirates. Spot the okay, pirate. so so user user number A forty eight four you gotta get a username for goodness sake. Says I'm an Appalachian Buccaneer Sea Dog. Yes. <laughs> Somehow we we, we mountain Appalachian mountain people. We mountain people are sea dogs. <laughs> how does how does that happen? Casey says, all American rivers lead into the sea. All products made by its people make their way to the sea. R, and Mel says R, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we've, yeah. I've been talking about a road trip, but I had this, this incredible sensation as we were driving. You're, you're surrounded by these trailer trucks, which are big compared to your little boats. Your, oh, wait. And there was, 
in 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 the in the New Mexico part of the trip, I had my 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 clue, but I'll I'll get to that in a second. So you're driving along these giant interstates, flowing, right? The traffic flows, right? You think about all the language that we use about road trips is in fact mm-hmm. river. It's riverine. You can have you can have yeah. jams. You can have traffic jams, which is like log jams. You know the the traffic flows. You're in these. Um, limited access on and off roads. They're not really roads. They're rivers that you join the stream in. You stream through down past and then across the across the rivers on the the um, bridges and things like that. But the the sensation is you really don't the interstates don't belong to the land. They they cut through it and um, once the interstate traffic it becomes significant. That's why Route 66 isn't really, Route 66 was a land route. You got to stop in the towns. The towns along Route 66 had, you know, nice little downtown areas with shops. Now, if you get off the interstate far enough and find where Route 66 used to go, you'll find little coffee shops. I had, I found one that was Finnegan's Wake, so I knew we were on the right on the right path <laughs> river run we, were, we, the river. We, we, we were running the river and then you yeah. know we found a we found a, a rest stop in oklahoma that had all of this route 66 paraphernalia with also this the the space shuttle because an astronaut came from that town in mm-hmm. in western oklahoma and it's like all of the transportation mythology was like folded in into this to this one place in oklahoma which has has other there was also a plaque there for the people that were killed in the bombing in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Eventually, live streamers, you will realize every story we tell is the same story. <laughs> Maybe you've already figured it out. But, but they all fold into this recognizing if you're if you want to understand what's going on, each of these pieces constantly keeps recurring. Um, the the most fun I had on the road in this trip was we're driving in in New Mexico and it's a desert there. There the, kilts when you're describing what your rivers are like that they have no water and they're basically gullies with a bit a trickle. That's yes. the rivers in the west because most of them have been dammed for water sources okay. for the the cities. Um the rivers in New Mexico, you know, are there when it floods. The, the full extent is when it floods, but most of the time they're fairly small. Um and we're okay. and we're driving along and there's this uh, some road construction and a stoplight. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing around. It's like this desert mountains, <laughs> mesquite and a stoplight. And you, and at the, at okay. the stoplight, it says, you know, wait here for the pilot car. <laughs> and and I I got so I was like this is the best thing ever we need a pilot car to take us along the road it's like you're being guided into harbor <laughs> by the pilot yep. car that came along and had to go back and forth yep. and back and forth and back and forth on this little route for there were two 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 sections of the road that had these pilot cars and I said this is it this is again you know what that region used to be according to the geologists right you have you're driving through this mm-hmm. landscape that's all volcanoes and rocks and volcanoes and such. But on those mountains, you also find seashells. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a prehistoric ocean, right? It's a, that that there was in one of in yes. one of the geologic eras that region, which maybe somebody in the chat can say what is. Um, 
it was an ocean there. So you're in this desert now that was ocean being guided by mm. pilot cars through this landscape. I, 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 I had this, you know, the mythology was just screaming at me throughout this trip. I mean, and I've obviously, like I said, I've been on this trip many times before my life, but the, the feeling of understanding how many layers of time we're moving through, even on something so simple mm -hmm. as I got on the interstate, we drove 500 miles, got off. Well, we had some st road stops, but, you know, got off at a motel, got back on. You should be aware of how much story is happening constantly around you, whether or not you get off the road, which if you get off, you then realize how many little towns and, and settlements and such you've just streamed past. Well, this is how you look at history, right? Mm -hmm. And this is how yes. we start looking at empire and we start looking at our current situation. So a lot of people are uh, not looking at all of the layers. They're following right. the particular road that they're traveling on, not necessarily realizing that there's that parallel that runs over on the side that used to be just as uh, trafficked and is now ignored or, you know, they're kind of missing half of the story half of the time. I would be correct in saying this. Whereas yes. what we, what you and I are wanting people to do is to start thinking about all of the layers at the same time so they can analyze things properly. Or at the very least, see how they ended up in the story at the point that they're in. Yes. I mean, that's certainly the way I study mm. history. And if I say I've been studying... I mean, I grew up in, in the region that I'm describing to you, and it the thing that the thing that English people now tend to say there was English and Germans and Scots Irish and Dutch and everybody settling these in the first place and the French and so forth. But the English now, the Europeans, the the old world Europeans who still live there, say, "Oh, mm -hmm. America has no history." Mm. <laughs> and why do they say this? Well, because I mean, to, to a certain extent, because you can feel how new most of the buildings that you are traveling i i am wondering it's like if the if the global empire if this great great maritime empire breaks up and we we end up living more locally what mm. what kind of local settlements that there's along the road through oklahoma they're they're building a monastery there's a monastery like a proper mm. benedictine monastery outside tulsa which i still need to visit clear creek um it's like we can, we you know, being medieval again would, in this sense, be no longer traveling the great trunk routes of the empire, like the Roman roads mm -hmm. with their very expensive maintenance. The only way the Roman roads were maintained is because legions were keeping them up. They're military roads. The United States interstate system is likewise... Um, I mean, I, I was, I read a little bit of history about it and said that, you know, that's a myth. It wasn't really military. It was just, well, the thing is they get bigger outside of military bases. The, the one, the route through Missouri goes past one of the big bases, the Fort Leavenworth base. So they're definitely military. They may be also commercial, but they're those, those two things are the same thing. The empire is mm. the military power. The commercial power of the Americans is the military power of the Americans. Just like Rome. Mm -hmm. just, just like, like Rome. Rome, just like Rome. Because Rome was the commercial military empire. Exactly. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. So we, 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 we see America as then this kind of new, but you have the monastery being planted in Oklahoma, which means if we ignore Roman roads and go medieval again, 
what happens? I think, well, probably very cool <laughs> stuff. I mean, Missouri, <laughs> Missouri is an interesting place because I, I have, I have family history there because my grandparents, mm -hmm. I get my whole family history this time. My grandparents went to school. I, I say grandparents, both of them, my grandfather and my grandmother mm -hmm. um, met because the whole family was going to this college in Western Missouri called Park College. It was Presbyterian. Um, very highly educated women in my family. And Missouri has a number, it also has a number of, um, mon there's some other monasteries in Missouri. And when I was in St. Louis this summer for this canon law conference, of course, we're at, we're in the St. Louis University, which is Jesuit University, oldest now, the, the thing you learn in America is everything's the superlative in some context, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> the, I this, the, the, yesterday we saw the sign that says, world's largest Route 66 sign somewhere in Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like, well, why would you have a Route 66 sign anywhere other than on Route 66? Why don't you just say largest Route 60? No, world's largest Route 66 sign. And so you'll be it's like, you're, you're the carnival layer of the United States <laughs> is constantly present, right? The, the, and we, I, we need mm. to get to that, right? But there are, the, oh, the carnival funny. layer of everything is always some kind of superlative. Um, what, what was I talking about? They're always selling yourselves. Oh, they're always selling <laughs> themselves. Always, always, always. So the Roman roads, which was a military commercial empire, and the United mm -hmm. States interstate system, which we are told is a commercial route, but is definitely capable of carrying troops. Well, and, and insofar as our border is not closed, these interstates are also the main routes mm -hmm. for the drug trafficking, obviously, that, that yes. um, come up, we come up from the South. So they, they have commercial, commercial uses on a number of layers. <laughs> All sorts of markets, aren't there? All sorts of markets. So Missouri, Missouri, yeah. be, this is the thing. We have got the spiritual layer always here, but the the, the, mm -hmm. the public visible layer is our vending machine people. And that's what, the rest, the rest yes. stops. You have these rest stops, which are nice little picnic areas and such, but they have two things. They have restrooms and vending machines. I kid yep. you not that they, they advertise on the road signs, <laughs> you know, rest areas so coming up, vending machines. <clears throat> I mean, you're supposed to bring your own picnic, the great, but they're vending machines. There. The great roadhouse tradition. <laughs> There's a, the, the great, great roadhouse. So Etherzar says the Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways. Thank you very much. So it's both. Yep. It's defense. Okay. Okay. So we've established their military and commercial you got vending machines all along them. Yep. So we so we link this to, we link this back to Lizzie. Then we have to we have to keep going back. We have to we have to keep going back. We're still yeah. we're still we're still we're kind of in the middle of the we're in the middle of our <laughs> streaming time right now. If we carry on to our our, our canonical two hours, <laughs> <laughs> even though this is part two of the one yeah. that was only an hour because we got. You know, yes. grappled by my no, um, not grappled. It somebody was somebody failed. Physics. Somebody failed physics. <laughs> I did. I I I I did so badly on that exam. I turned in a blank piece of paper, and <laughs> and the thing was, I could I could tell what the answer. It's like, and I did try for a bit, like trying to figure out how can I just like put the answers in that I know I should be getting. 
it's like I could, I would get readings off of the, the, the you know, it was measuring resistance off across something. It was so simple. It was so embarrassingly simple. And all I, all, the only thing I could do was tell how wrong my answers were. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to get the right ones. We haven't talked about the Masons yet. You have the Masons? <laughs> well, well, we, we've we've got it. We have to keep linking back to the Elizabethans because okay. otherwise, people are just going to be like, "Why are you talking about roads? Why are you talking about maritime? Blah 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 blah. Why? Do, what has this got to do with all of us now?" Well, it's the it's the reason that the empire expanded so powerfully, mm-hmm. right? Sea power. Yeah. So we've been talking about this a lot in DCR, and especially in the work that we're doing at the moment. We've been talking about what it actually means to be a sea power because ancient civilizations were mostly always and i can't think of a single example right now off the top of my head they were founded upon water courses yes. river systems and oceans it was always about sea power so if you control the waterways you control everything so the british decided to control the waterways <laughs> and uh they did that thing with Spain, remember? <laughs> yeah, oh, pirates again. But so the interesting thing about yeah. waterways, right? We can go back. I'll, I'll put a Nile picture up. How about that? Or a, a Cleo, Cleopatra's up. Pharaoh again. The, the interesting thing about the, yeah. the rivers, everything's flooding right now in the United States. Dallas had a terrible yeah. flood recently. There's you know, floods, 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 floods. And then I was, we're, I, have we recreated the Nile? Is, is, is the Mississippi as the, as the Riverine Nile? <laughs> yeah, so. Well, you do have a Delta. You do have the Mississippi Delta, don't we you? We do. We do. And we have, so we, got we have Memphis. You've got Little Egypt. We have Little Cairo and Memphis down mm-hmm. there on the Mississippi. Okay, yeah, Memphis. Um, but, but you see, you Bizarre-y, see, you see. Zali Egyptian sounding uh, country. Your United. Well, and, oh, hey, wait! Didn't we have? Didn't we have a, a monument in in the last episode? We were talking about. Look, there's oh, this, right. this this obelisk in our the capital. Big, the Big Dick statue. <laughs> that is a monument to the president, the, the first president of our of our United States. What a monument! <laughs> but it. Sorry, I can't help myself. <laughs> it's hilarious. You guys are like. You're so innocent and lovely and and pure, and yet <laughs> the founder of your empire, this is the statue that's been erected for this guy is literally a giant phallic. Why do you keep saying that? It's just because it's tall and skinny. No, it's very phallic. Well, we know we <laughs> know bears will know that that Owen. I I forget now where that picture was. Right, Owen had a had a little demonstration of this. And one of his yes, social yes, media pictures. That's right. But uh, is there more to it than just that it's tall and skinny and sticks upright? Yeah. There is. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> well, you've got the, you've got the link between what well, like what we said last time. We were talking about the link between Egypt and empire in general, because mm. Egypt is the blueprint for it. So we have this, you know, the the construction of the oldest the first empire in human history along the banks of the nile so it it uh, develops out of a trade uh, trade system along this massive river that mm. floods just like uh, <laughs> just like your river 
<laughs> and the and the mythology that develops around the flooding of the Nile and what that meant to the ancient Egyptians, because that was also a big part of the the religious system there. Um, they had to wait for the the rain to fall in the highlands of the continent, which is what they called Lower Egypt mm. down towards Ethiopia. And so you'd get these big monsoon rains and then all of a sudden the Nile would flood and it would bubble up and bring up all of these uh, nutrients and all of this beautiful soil from the bottom of the river and kind of vomited out all over the, the desert areas around the banks. And suddenly you've got uh, irrigation you've got a potential for agriculture in a, in a country where you would not be able to grow anything if it wasn't for this flooding. So the rhythm of this flooding of the Nile then sort of sears itself into the Egyptian mind mm. and they develop a mythology around why it starts to flood, which is connected to the, the obelisk that uh, was uh, <laughs> put up for Washington. Because in the story, in the Egyptian mythology, you've you've got the gods that are responsible for the flooding mm. and a little bit of, I don't know, do you, should I tell like a little tiny portion of the, the tale sure. so that people know? Yep. Okay, so you've got the, the god Osiris and uh, his wife, Isis. Uh, everyone knows about Isis because if you were paying attention to, in the last stream, you would have seen that uh, Cleopatra was depicted as Isis in some of the hieroglyphic carvings on the walls. So Osiris is great guy. He's got a hot wife and he's got a brother set. Who's a bit of an asshole <laughs> and set invites him over to a party because set wants to take over the kingdom wants to kill his brother. So brings him over and says, okay, you know, have some drinks, chill, enjoy yourself. The, the trick that Set has set up is this coffin, which has been magically created. It only fits his brother Osiris. And whoever lies down into the coffin will be, you know, shut in and killed and entombed forever. So everyone's trying it out, Cinderella style. <laughs> and eventually Osiris says, oh, yeah, I'll get in the coffin because he's drunk and not paying attention to the schemes of his brother. So he lies down in it and, of course, Set then traps him inside it and kills him. So in the story, he gets chopped up into a bunch of little pieces and parts of his body are thrown all over Egypt, mm. and sprinkled along the Nile region and um, <clears throat> every part of his body. So Osiris's wife, Isis, is obviously very upset. <laughs> Her husband's being chopped up into little pieces, but she's quite cunning. So she decides she's going to use magical powers to go and find the pieces of Osiris's body and put them back together and they get her husband back. She successfully gets every single piece except for one. Oh, which one which is, is missing? The most important piece. <laughs> <laughs> she can't find it. Uh, yeah, his dick is missing. So basically she creates the first mummy out of her husband's body, but the phallus of Osiris is missing. So the Egyptians then start erecting these massive phallic mm. symbols called obelisks all over the country, and it's connected to the mythology of Osiris and the fertility and the story of how, uh, you know, he has to be avenged uh, because of the, the, the castration, essentially, that his brother Set mm. uh, did against him. So this is like the original mythology of ancient civilization. And for some reason, 
uh, it's sort of appealed to everybody so much that the obelisk is present everywhere all over Europe. And now in North America, it is the symbol mm. of your founding president. Which is being is um interesting. <laughs> yes. It is. Uh and why that is, why why most uh, Americans or you know, most Westerners that are not looking at the the history of this kind of mythology, they'll visit North America or you ask most North Americans, okay, so who founded your country? What kind of uh, what kind of people founded your country? And I think most people would say, oh, we're a Christian country. We mm -hmm. were founded by Christians. Why do you have an Egyptian obelisk as the monument to your president? Well, it's not just so clearly, it's not just it's not just the monument to a president. So I I kept promising to talk about the Masons. <laughs> yes, please do. So yeah, the the midway point in my in our journey is Springfield, which I, there's many Springfields. There's Springfield, Illinois. There's Springfield, Missouri, and Springfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother wanted to go have co get coffee in the downtown part where the Route sixty six memorabilia are. That's where we saw the Finnegans Wake bar. Mm -hmm. But as we were driving from the interstate down to the Route 66 part, we passed a mosque. Oh, no, wait. We passed something mm -hmm. that looked like a mosque. There was a Shriner mosque. It, it's the... Uh -huh. <laughs> and then you realize the other thing that you have in all of the lands the architecture in the United States is, is Masonic temples. Mm-hmm. These are the men's clubs from the 1920s. This one was built in 1923. It's a mosque. They call it a Shriner Mosque. There's Arabic on it. It's got, you know, from the outside, you can see beautiful stained glass and um, mosaic and things like that. It's quite striking building. There's a giant um, Scottish Rite temple in Santa Fe. You think here, Santa Fe is the, in New Mexico, is the cathedral city for um the region that the, the, the Spanish have had a cathedral there for, for centuries, but there's a giant pink. It's very pink. It's very, very, very pink. Um, Scottish Rite Masonic temple. There's Masonic. <laughs> we have, I hate it already. <laughs> well, what was, you know, Washington had a, had, you know, was he, was he Christian? Building can, you these be, can you be a Christian and a Freemason? <laughs> Well, we know he was a Freemason. So this this layering of mythology that we're talking about, there's the the um, the landscape, the the naming of things. So we have Little Egypt and Louisiana. We need to get to why Napoleon sold it yes. to the United States, which also has some of this. We have this Masonic overlay, the Egyptian Masonic overlay. I think the obelisk is there, not so not necessarily because they're worrying about ISIS and Osiris, but because of the way in which the 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 sense of what it is to be civilized is carried i think you i think mm -hmm. you're right there and what this has to do with wh why are there masonic masonic shrines and and temples all across the united states particularly in the period in which say route 66 was was being a, i mean it, all of these roads are built on top of old roads so there there's a previous route that is then incorporated into the new ones when they're building the the interstates so 
You can't, when you wanting me to you talk have... about the maritime, but I keep ending up back in the land. I wonder how that is happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it the land? Hmm. So the interesting so thing we... that Napoleon does, among other things, after taking power mm -hmm. after the French Revolution, is go conquer Egypt. Yeah, and the, one of the interesting artifacts of his trying to at least take over Egypt is um, a big. A, there, we have copies of it at the University of Chicago in the, the special collections. This giant survey of Egypt, the description of Egypt. They're in big folio, like elephant folio um, mm -hmm. books of drawings of the artifacts, the 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 land, the daily life, all of this. It's it's part of the French tradition from the the eighteenth century of the encyclopedias. It just full descriptions mm -hmm. of everything. But Napoleon sends his scientists and architects and, and such into Egypt to make a, an enormous record of the civilization there. And then um oh gosh, Nelson Lord Admiral Nelson comes and defeats Napoleon <laughs> at a big battle. <laughs> and somebody better look this up because now I, I realize I didn't really mean to go here, but now we have. Um, it's a Trafalgar. Uh, no. It's well, that's that's the monument that's in Trafalgar, and it's Nelson's mm. victory over Napoleon um, at the Battle of Oh golly, somebody help me and look it up and tell me in the chat. Um, and. T t t I think now I don't remember when that battle is. Darn it! Help me! Somebody tell me what date this is. The Louisiana Purchase is in 1803, and Napoleon is definitely trying to raise money for his wars. And so the United States sees it as a good deal. They're going to buy all this territory that the French have been in control of, the river system, for all this time. But it's mm -hmm. because it's it's in the context of Napoleon actually trying to get control of the Nile itself. So he wants to play swapsies. Another swapsie. Swapsies. <laughs> Everyone's playing swapsies. I, it's, isn't that oh, it's so funny? They'll just take territory and then swap it for another one. So he wants to play swapsies for the Nile. So he's going to give up the Mississippi for the Nile. I think the thing is, I'm now I'm blanking on exactly when these events happen. They all do happen in Napoleonic France, but okay. <laughs> it's like which one came first? Yes, but the the effect is, and then because Nelson defeats the, and and this is the British Empire gets its imperial power in after that, right? That's why they have a big monument to Nelson in okay. Trafalgar Square because because of that defeat of Napoleon at the Nile over Egypt. Then the British, you know, they carry on defeating the French Navy and the British after the, those Napoleonic Wars, that's when they become the great maritime controller of everything, right? They, they'd been working on it over, over the centuries, obviously, with the Spanish and the Dutch and everything. But, yeah. but once, they, once they defeat the French um, in that battle, they are now the great maritime power in the world. And I spent a lot of time in graduate school reading Patrick O'Brien novels which people may enjoy because they're great sea novels. Um, but they're set in these, these, this right after the first part of the Napoleonic war and the, and the victory. Um, so we're still even every time, you know, we, we're, we're, we keep ending up in this land story. It's the battle of the Nile. Ethers are, but when was it? What, what year was the battle of the Nile? Um, that, 
they're controlling the rivers and it goes back to the sea and it's it's interesting that the land keeps flipping back and forth for us between the land and the sea they're still pirates still pirates but it's but it seems like at this stage i think this is like i need to set this up because it seems like at this stage they're not actually concerned with the land as much as they're concerned with land connected to the water sources these right. these waterways right right so they're not playing swapsies for chunks of uh, land mass. They're playing swapsies for waterways. Battle of the Nile, seventeen ninety-eight. That well, that would be, but they, that's not when the ethers are. That's not when Nelson defeats Napoleon, eighteen o five. Yes, there you go. So, and and now, guys, Ken and 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 Hans, please look up exactly why they made the Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> I know that's in eighteen o three. And Nelson wins in 1805. Okay, so, but it, this is all of the commercial. This is all, it's going to be control of all of these commercial routes. And we're mm. still to, and we're still in the, the, the umbrella theme of the vending machine people. What kind of place is the United States? And now, MAGA people, you're going to get really depressed. Eee. <laughs> i'm so sorry it's all right we'll make them feel better about it it's fine okay right, maybe so you just described you just described england england britain britain starts smacking out all of its opponents yep in these maritime wars yep and then the final boss is the croissant kings yep so britain comes and has it out with uh napoleon so it's Nelson versus Napoleon and uh, crumpets versus croissants. Crumpets versus what croissants. They want, <laughs> what they want is control of the Nile. Yep. Because Britain wants to become the supermarket of the world. Would I be correct in saying that? That's correct. I mean, so I mean, the news—the news right now that we've been noticing is like the that there's no English man go, that is going to be in any of the great power offices in the the um uk right now now that the prime minister is going to be oh, yeah, a woman I saw that. and and they've appointed various previously colonial um people to be um yep. the, the ministers women and women and um indians the the, yep. the english went straight into india and the, the, it was the east india company trying to control it was you know commercial effort to control that subcontinent before it becomes the empire and the you know they have formal government status there it was it was commercial exercise to begin with so the traders wanted to fill up the supermarket with things from all of these different areas What's funny is now I'm trying to think it's like markets. I mean, we we are now in the, the United States is is very much intellectually founded by the scots mm -hmm. because oh adam smith <laughs> mm. and 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 the scots enlightened enlightenment common sense and the philosophical tradition that comes from edinburgh straight to new jersey surprise surprise with college of new jersey became princeton all those presbyterians that are trained in the college of new jersey before they were being trained in missouri like my grandparents were um they're trained in the scottish free trade thinking 
thanks to Adam Smith, right? Specialization, trade. Mm -hmm. Of course, our great, our enlightenment, our you know, United States enlightenment was always maritime and it was always commercial, very much so. So that so that's so, so that's basically the British Empire. Then it's the 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 Scots that are that have become uh, enamored with the idea of free trade. Mm. Therefore, they need this sea power. Mm. So they establish themselves as the sea power in order to uh, be free trade kings. Mm. So, what does that do to the borders of the British peoples? Well, I'm 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 stuck thinking on free. What's free? Free in what sense? Mm. Like free? What does free trade mean? Vending vending machine <laughs> people. What does it mean? It means a bit. <laughs> it means very different things to very different people, depending on who got traded. I mm. think. Yeah. So, what what were you thinking of? You were asking me about. Just now, there's the free um, trade element. There's who's trading. There's who's what's being traded. Yes. Who's profiting from all of this? Yes. And how the Americans how the Americans participate in this market mm -hmm. economy? Yes. So when Britain so when Britain establishes herself as the free trade sea power, mm. what does she do? Because this is what I've been writing about in terms of the identity of the peoples that have been why don't, why don't you tell them because i'm not sure what you're behavior. asking <laughs> what do you mean what because um, i'm thinking wait i don't know enough about the british empire uh, i know and i i do actually have a colleague at, in my department who's working on a, a big giant book on the empire so i may be blanking because i'm realizing how okay. much i don't know because what that's what he works on <laughs> what are you thinking of well i'm thinking of all of the colonial subjects mm that suddenly become linked to the free trade empire by providing their uh, products, you know, right. uh, all of the things that England or all of the things that Britain needed uh, in order to run the machinery of this massive um, commercial trading system. So when Britain is in invading and taking over different territories, it's not with the view of the Greeks necessarily that they're going to come in and provide philosophy and art and all of these kinds of mm. things. It's a little different. It's uh, setting up a connection to the marketplace of the British of the British system. Right. So when I when I was looking when I was looking at Aus the Australian experience of this. This is how I started thinking about it. What exactly does it mean to be a British colony? Um, the 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 main thing that I could see was that Britain was happy to transplant people wherever it needed them to go. It wasn't concerned with keeping uh, natives in their native homelands at right. all, as everybody knows. Um, America seems to be very focused, hyper-focused on the transatlantic slave trade. It's a big part of your national mythology, I yes. think. Australia has nothing to do with the transatlantic slave trade. 
but we do have our own story of uh, press ganging and convict transplantation, which, depending on which historians you read, looked very similar to what happened in the Atlantic situation. So I suppose this is kind of, I've, I have to ask you a question as well. Mm. Like when, when I was looking at, at Britain, I started to look at Britain as though it was running a massive global supermarket chain that has no respect for national borders of anything outside of the supermarket chain itself. Mm -hmm. Would that be a kind of correct way of thinking about it? In, in, in my well, view, that, I mean, that's, then, that's what you're, that's what you were trying to describe in the Vinti Machine People article. Yes. 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 So in, this is kind of bringing us back to that Coca-Cola thing we were talking exactly. about in the first video. Right. So Britain starts to behave like a massive globalized supermarket chain or like a multinational corporation like Coca-Cola. Right. Like, therefore, all human beings which have been uh, pulled into this commercial maritime empire are suddenly being... Uh, processed through it exactly like coca-cola products right because the empire itself doesn't have any respect for uh tradition or nativity uh it just wants the free market and the free market doesn't give a shit about your nativity or your nationality or uh your traditions or your religion it just wants products it wants to keep the the machinery of the sea power running right which is why I described the people that have been subject to the system as vending machine people, because we've been completely processed, deracinated, taken out of our natural uh, homelands and transplanted and put into the vending machine of empire, which is wherever the empire itself decided to put us. So we've lost the natural uh, markers of nationality as the old world would have known it and instead we've become uh these products of empire in the in the, in, the, in the vending machine so you've right. got like all of these people in the roadhouse along all of your interior roads and you've got your toilets and you've got your vending machines <laughs> kind of like that the, yep the, the, the empire yeah the, the empire just needs to stock the vending machines yes. it doesn't care where it gets the stuff as long as it gets the stuff and as long as the vending machines are stocked. Yes. So my article was proposing that this is essentially the Western identity of the new world. We are vending machine people. We are not countries as such, which I know will irritate uh, everybody. <laughs> well, and this is to be told. Yep. And this is why but, I was trying to, I'm narrating. It's like, if you have not done this drive that I am describing, and I, re yeah. I realized that when my colleagues in the party didn't know the song, it's like they, 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 they didn't know the song at all. And they didn't, even when they recognize the song, the Route 66 song go, oh yeah. And they don't know the places on that route. To them, this is, it's, it's a flyover country. It's no place, but it is yeah. that, that interstate and the Vindy machine is the perfect representation of what you are trying to describe in 
in the article about who we are as non-places. Yep. We feed the sea power. As vending yes. machine people, we yes. exist to feed the sea power. And right. so when people are having conversations about nationalism and they're clinging to the 19th century model, my idea is that this is not going to work because you are no longer dealing with 19th century conditions. Britain has made a mess. It is a clusterfuck of free market eugenics psychopathy. Which is, <laughs> and we like, say this in English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not by choice. <laughs> well, fuck's sake. If I, ha if I could give up English tomorrow, goodbye, ciao. I would never speak English again. I hate this language. Because it hasn't developed. Okay, there we're going to differ. There we're going to differ. But well, maybe, I, actually, I this is good. I, we should do an episode on English, on, on the language itself. Yeah. That's, that's, that's no, good. No, I would. Yes. I would give up English. Hmm. I would give up English. But I um, love English. I still love English, even though I now recognize it as the pirates. It's the pirate language. Well, I, I think I'm just jealous because my Greek's terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that, you know. Like, but I, it's... My Greek was... If my Greek was good, then I would I would probably not complain about it too much. But um, yeah, we look we 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 processed. So our our language. Okay, we're now we're in a topic that I hadn't I hadn't thought about talking about, but we really should. Um, okay. English is as as crazy as it is as a language, precisely because it is the pirates' language. It, it's like it's the it's a port language. It's the language that you end up speaking because you're blending everything that you're you're in contact with. Mm. Yeah. It is. It's the global homo language. It's, it is it's the the language of the sea. It no. very much is our. <laughs> so I do. I do say that there there is there is hope outside of this because I think we also we're gonna okay. We're, somebody make notes for us. Right? We have to do the pirates. We have to, um that that there is there is a way out of this horror story that we're describing right now but we have to go through the horror first we've taken we just took them to mortal we just yes here we are here we are and so no we, no we haven't gotten to mortal we yet no we, we're still there's still one more step which i showed you i showed okay. you this article um yesterday i think so here we have coca-cola and it's bad it's oh it's, yeah that yes article. that article Sorry, i was like what are you talking about that one <laughs> it's, it's bad enough it's bad enough realizing that the coca-cola is you know stocked in all the vending machines and um we talked last time about the the women in their office break and you know the the, the coca-cola is representative of the in effect therefore the breakdown of the family and so forth because it's it's yeah. this medicine that becomes the the you know even Coca-Cola in, in in its seventies ads, right? The the world singing together. I'd like to buy the world of Coke and and stuff like that. The the ads that I should have, yeah. and you could say, well, it you know it 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 may be good or bad as as a drink. It may be good or bad as a company, but it's American. Yep. Or is it? Rum and Coca-Cola working for the Yankee Dollar. Well, yeah, it should. I mean, it should be this this America thing. I've been to the Coca-Cola experience in Atlanta. That's the next to, <laughs> next to the the. Uh, I've been there because the convention center was built for the nineteen ninety six Olympics in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and we've had fencing tournaments there regularly back in the day when we did have fencing tournaments. Um, it's next door to the CNN building which is mm -hmm. hilarious of itself. But across the plaza, there is the Coca-Cola. It's not a museum. It's okay. an experience. 
it's what's it's, your experience it, in the it, well, you, experience getting wet to, to, to partly because they, <laughs> they have a, a theater where you are in the coca-cola adventure and the seats move and you get water splashed on you for reasons i don't remember okay. and but the, the best part the most interesting part is the hall of drinks where you go in and there's little dispensers for all the different continents and the the, mm -hmm. the drinks that are well they're not bottled by coca-cola because the bottlers are all local it's interesting that coke yes. just sells yes. the the mixtures of the flavors i guess um, but they're actually rather different. The ones that they sell in Asia are rather different from the ones they sell in Africa. The ones in the United yes. States, the the North American ones are very sweet compared to the drinks in some of the other. And the floor is sticky because every <laughs> they're all sugar drinks and everyone's going around getting yeah. samples and such, right? But Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, that's the great, that's the great Atlanta drink, right? That what's his, let me have to look at his name because I, I don't have that mythology <laughs> down. What, what was his name? John Smith Pemberton. Um, discovered the recipe, very secret recipe for Coca-Cola on May 8th, 1886 in Atlanta. Discovered is one way of putting it. Oh yeah? How, el how else mm -hmm. might we put it? Pirated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would we say pirated? Pushed me further down the rabbit I hole. Did, I did, I did. I pushed her straight down the Tell, tell, tell the did. people where, where I All pushed the way you. Spain. Oh no, English. She pushed someone, me to Spain. someone English. Pemberton is is what is stealing from Spain. Yeah, imagine, imagine that. I could never have imagined the English would steal from the, the English Spanish. would steal from Spain from the Spanish. <laughs> So the, this is Pemberton guy, yeah, who claims to have discovered this recipe. Mm. Apparently, he stole it from a Spanish family company. Yep. <laughs> this is a Coca Cola is not even American. Coca Cola is not even American. It's it it was no. it was the Nuez de Cola Coca, which I've got on screen now. Um, it's a family from Aiello de Malfrit. I've got to get my span my Spanish right, um, and and there's there's articles out there you know in, um, from Der Spiegel and things like that explaining that yes in the 19th century patent you know recipe patents and stuff are still sort of getting kicked off and the 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 family members from Spain were talking talking about their recipe in various trade fairs and Pemberton apparently heard some the described in Philadelphia he goes home and discovers it markets it patents it and then the united states patent office won't recognize the spanish claim on the product because they hadn't gotten around yeah. to patenting it either they were just describe sharing their knowledge of their cola and coca mix they were having a good time yes <laughs> they weren't prepping for piracy well no <laughs> and so you could say you know american pie we've been we were founded by pirates drake and hawkins we've continued to be pirates yep. and we're behaving like pirates in in all of in all of the world constantly i mean it got more depressing it's not just coca-cola is stolen it's the problem of the great the great period this is larry romanoff's um journalism if you're if you're curious about following up on him um 
many the the great period of American industrial power is of course immediately post World War II, because we'd squished everybody else, just like Britain. Just like Britain. Well, I mean, it, that that's the period, of course, when the United States has its has you know takes over from the British Empire, mm -hmm. um, having made sure that that we are now in control of the oceans, and we are kind of being challenged on that at as we speak in in this moment, seventy five years later, seventy seven yeah. years later. Um, yeah, that we've been behaving like pirates and trying to control the ports and the movement of goods and 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 claiming property that wasn't necessarily ours to claim. It's a little Including... it's 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 a little crushing if you're a bit maga <laughs> from flyover country where I mean he didn't even bother trying to come up with a different name. He just That's switched just, the like the laziest piracy star was switching around. Coca Cola and front there, be right. Change the K to a C and yeah, yeah. It's like calling everything just, you know, New Holland or New Amsterdam. Just uh, stuck, you know, we'll just stick a new at the beginning. Don't don't, don't bother with the new names. No, no one will care anyway. Lazy pirates, terrible. There are some very interesting. I passed Carthage today, I think. Oh, really? Yes, and Atlanta. No, wait. Uh -huh. the, the, the place names in 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 this in 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 this route are quite. I mean, there's multiple Springfields because everybody every every place needs a Springfield. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so there's there's so you've got a Carthage. There's a whole there's a whole history to be made off of the the place names of of these, okay. and they're all but they're all advertising. They're absolutely all advertising. Come to you if you from old Amsterdam. You want new Amsterdam because you want to lure people here. Yep. It, it's one big carnival after another. Mm. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> pretending. Well, pretending to have the power that you think he does. Yes. The 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 Emerald City. Yeah, the wizard behind the curtain. Well, the, the, this is why I, I started talking about the race issue. So if you can understand that a... a really uninventive bastard takes coca-cola from the spanish brings it over to america and then uh this product is suddenly americanized that's also happened to people yes that's also happened to people under the anglo-american system people that were previously a thing are now completely repackaged and they're utterly deracinated in this pirate system including the British peoples that were transplanted around the, the planet in this process. Yes. So this brings us to the people like Rachel Dolezal or whoever else you'd be thinking of that doesn't quite fit the category that you think that they should be in because America thinks in eugenics categories. It thinks in color code, which is commercial practice because it's linked to your uh, transit transatlantic slavery. Mm which uh, obviously involved African slaving that the, um, the Elizabethan uh, privateers championed. You know, they became Olympic world champions at this, uh, getting African slaves and, and shipping them over across the Atlantis. But it wasn't just the Africans that shipped around. They did it to other populations as right. well. Um, and, Quite notably, as I've mentioned in the article, uh, 
the Irish and Scots-Irish slave trade was enormous. Celtic people were pushed onto boats. English people were right. pushed onto boats as well. Half of the sailors that were working uh, in these uh, navies, if you can call them <laughs> honourable navies, were uh, indentured into the to the service on the boat. Right. They didn't even want to be on it. Um, this entire system that was set up by the Elizabethans ran on piracy and slavery from the people that were operating the boats to the people that were forcibly put onto the boats. So about the vending machine people, and I'm talking about race relations in North America, I've taken quite a keen interest in looking at this because by now everyone understands I'm not American, I'm not white, I've had experience in Africa. I spend most of my time around Africans, and especially Coptics. Mm. Greeks, so contrasting all of the relationships between different ethnicities in these different imperial systems has shocked me so much. And like the, the process of pulling Celts out of their native homelands is exactly the same as pulling Africans out of West Africa. If you look at where Celtic people belong, they're indigenous to the to the British Isles. They would be they should be counted as indigenous to that kind of like northern European spot. Mm -hmm. They're all squished and chased off their ancestral homelands until they basically ended up with the cupboard. <laughs> the cupboard called Ireland and Scotland and Wales, right. you know. But there was like there was an apartheid system that was put in place against them. They had their language taken away from them, but then they were put on boats. That's how you end up with Jamaica having a ethnic minority of 25% Irish descent. The Jamaican patois is Irish mixed with West African. They've creolized somehow to kind of, uh, you know, create this amazing, oh, I think it's amazing, I love Jamaican accent, but, you know, what happened in the Caribbean, it literally was Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. So <clears throat> why was that? Why were we pushed onto boats? You know, why, why were Celtic people sprinkled all over the planet? It was because the Elizabethans wanted people to work in sugar plantations. And in America, you had African slaves, which were, you know, kind of sprinkled around to work on these plantations. But in Australia, we didn't have African slaves. We had Celts. We had the sugar plantations up in Queensland in the, nor the, in the, in the northern state. Um, but the process was the same. The empire doesn't care what color you are. Right. And this is, this is why I wanted to write this article because instead of thinking about everybody in terms of their physiognomy, I think about everyone in terms of their empire and what has happened to them since the British system, you know, went crazy. Uh, and, and after it's collapsed, what actually are we? I don't think in terms of the racial categories of North America because I'm thinking in terms of the imperial systems that created these countries. So if I, if I have conversations with North Americans now, you guys are starting to talk about Christian nationalism. Right. You have to analyze the imperial system that created your country or you won't understand how you ended up in the mess you're in. Same thing as Australia, only our 
experience has been different. Our political mess is different. And a big part of that has been that we followed America for 80 years into all of your wars, all of your conflicts. The Australian continent has, has essentially uh, become uh, free market addicted to the point where we, we've lost all sense of, of what it means to be a nation. We're, we're still colonial. We're running as colonies. It's like on a hyperdrive system here. But we have, as colonial subjects, defended the American waterways. We followed right. you into conflict. We f like the same way we followed the British into conflict, uh, you know, when they sent us up to the Bosphorus and whatever, Gallipoli, all of these things, it was war to defend waterways. That's it. So hopefully now everyone can understand what kind of mythology I want to tell about myself, my people, who even are my people. What do I have in common with a pale-skinned person from Oklahoma. I'm not the same race. We've had a completely different experience, but we've had a very similar experience. The empire has shuffled. Right. So that's kind of where, you know, that's where, the, that's where the article is anchored. That's what it means to be a vending machine person. It's a loss of race. It's a loss of nationality. It's a loss of language. It's a loss of culture to be brought completely and uh, absolutely to be absorbed into this uh, maritime sea power and the thought process of the free market and what that means for uh, culture and relationships and tribes and families and all of it. And it only happened because the Elizabethans got rid of the Catholic faith. And there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had yes. to get that in there. I had to get it in there. Well, and, but that's, I mean, that's where, that's where we're heading. And, yeah. and that, what I was, I was recognizing when we were on the route, um, that y you spend any time on the American interstate system, you get, you can, I mean, you can be, depends on what you're listening to and your, we were listening to a Charlie Strauss novel, which fit the, the, the theme to, because he's talking well that's another story um but you, you're surrounded by ads billboards um you're surrounded yeah. by uh, um carbon copy uh restaurants and signs and you you know oh you mean like very, franchises like mcdonald's yeah the franchises right you can okay. and you can you you know you can predict where to get off the the, the river to get the good coffee because you have a string of the same um, truck stops and and so forth across across the country and there is no sense of you can get a sense of place if you're reading the place names of the the road signs and things like that but there's it it's it the, the interstate system people complain about it all the time and then I think the flyover country part is they're recognizing the deadness of the imperial culture that drove these interstates through mm. um, the middle of the landscape and there you know what do you what do you see when you're driving through oh for example missouri um signs for uh there's some vineyards and things like that turn the, the most prominent or at least it sticks in my memory of the road roadside attractions on i-44 in the middle of missouri is uranus fudge factory It's a planet. Why are you laughing? I, I, you know why I'm laughing. It's hilarious. 
<laughs> and it's it's for real. There's another fudge factory a little. It's like you're buying sugar stuff, and they do it with this. I mean, we, we were talking about dicks, right? The obelisks. Uranus Fudge Factory, middle of America. <laughs> it's the best fudge you can get. It's Uranus Fudge. I, it, the signs go on for miles. It's around 80 miles east of of Springfield on I-44. It's and, and they have, I, I kept wanting, I should want to stop right because they have roadside attraction and dinosaurs and things like that. But that is the, the, the level of who, what is the United States now? It was the, the stolen Coca-Cola and, um, nothing but this faux mythology i i saw i was i was trying to take pictures on the way home today in chicago and what i uh, showing them right now is another thing that you can see if you're traveling along the interstate today there's mammoths apparently we've we've okay. gone from ice we've gone from are they living well it says ice age giants at the zoo <laughs> it's at the zoo they must be alive maybe they're elephants this is I, what I real, realize is the United States, okay, one, if we're, we're mainly built by pirates and carnival barkers, the Wizard of Oz is truly the, you know, the most resonant character that we have of, of who the yeah. United States is. Um, selling the, the sites, right? Come, there was a, 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 a thing that happened in the 19th century. Everyone was always talking about seeing the elephant, going to see the elephant, right? You have like, the, there's the, mm -hmm. the the circus and the, go to see the elephant. And then I, I'm driving home and notice this billboard this this afternoon. I, my husband was driving. I took the pictures of Ice Age, Ice Age giants at the zoo, right? That's, it's all fake. It's all roadside attractions. It's all either glorious mm -hmm. if you're in the right mood or really depressing <laughs> if you're realizing <laughs> it's it's carnival culture <laughs> and vending machine people and yeah. that's obviously i mean and we want to, the united states wants to export this to the rest of the world and the rest of the world says no we'd actually like to have our nations and our cultures and our local traditions and our actual families and not families that are you know, I have to drive a thousand miles to see my mom. Yes. Families that are broken up and, and, and dispersed around the globe as the British Empire did with its own people. Yes. No wonder we're in crisis now. We're in crisis. We're in a, we're in a, a global crisis because the empire has collapsed and left everyone without mythology. Yes. Again, bringing me back to how vending machine people can establish a, a, an actual identity. It's going to happen no matter what. It's going to happen. Because in history, people have always established new identities after empires collapse. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when Rome and its commercial military empire collapsed, new peoples emerged, new languages emerged, new cultures emerged. For a very long time, there was no such thing as the French, right? right. But now the French exist because Rome collapsed. The Gallic Latins fused. They made France. So this is going to happen. You're going to get ethnogenesis. My problem with the with the you know the way that people are talking about it at the moment is still using car cargo categories that are only applicable under the Elizabethan system to describe people. Mm -hmm. It's keeping everybody mired in something which doesn't have any relevance anymore. 
because if you're if you're going to be embracing a nationalism that already happened in Egypt a very very long time ago it already happened in the Coptic world a very very long time ago and it had absolutely nothing to do with skin color it happened because an empire adopted the faith of the church and uh, I wanted to get this in just so that it was uh, in our conversation today doc but the New Testament has recorded how this happened even in the Acts of the Apostles and this is something that I put into the vending machine people article as well if you read in the New Testament the book of Acts you will see that Philip is uh, walking and sees a, a man who's called the Ethiopian eunuch he's traveling to Jerusalem for the feast reading the scriptures this man is a practicing Hebrew he's an Israelite who is following the temple religion and he's come to Jerusalem for the feast and Philip sees him Philip being Greek sees an Ethiopian and says this is one of my people he's here for the feast goes over to him runs to him and says what are you reading and he explains I'm reading the scriptures I'm reading this passage and I don't really understand it and so Philip says ah now I can tell him Moshiach has arrived Christ is here he's come so he explains to the Ethiopian Hebrew about Christ, Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ, he's come. Our people have found their king. He's, you know, been crucified for us, resurrected, etc. The Ethiopian says, what do I need to do? And Philip says, I will baptize you now if you want. So he says, yeah, great, baptize me. So Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch and then leaves him go on his merry way and he returns back to what would have been then the Aksumite Empire. The ancient Christians had absolutely no color line. This did not factor into the interaction between the Greek Philip and the Ethiopian Hebrew eunuch. The point was the faith has to travel the roads. Right. So if you're going to make a nation out of Christendom again, you have to travel the roads and not the skin color you have to stop thinking in terms of skin color if it's going to be christendom again labels have to be destroyed they're no good they're no good to any of us because the vending machine is all labels there's all these categories keeping us in the vending machine as long as you use the categories you'll stay in the vending machine i use apostolic language i don't use vending machine language anymore so that's my that's my my little thesis that I put in the blog, which is on Gab if you want to read it. Hopefully you can understand it a bit better now because <laughs> there's a lot of things to cover. But uh, I don't know, Doc. I hope people I hope people start to think about this because this is the Greek mind, this ancient Greek mind. Greece always saw itself with Ethiopia, even you know in the myth of the Trojan War. Uh, the Greeks asked to come and fight with them in the Trojan War. So Europe and Africa have always been interacting. There is absolutely no such thing as a, a white nation or white development without Africa. It's never existed. And if it did, the Bible wouldn't have the story of uh, the Ethiopian eunuch being baptized and taking the faith down into Ethiopia. So it's if you want Christian nationalism, you have to think like a copt. You can't think like an Elizabethan.
It's just not going to work. Whether or not everyone's willing to do it, I don't know. But you're going to seem pretty strange <laughs> to people. I, I, I know I seem very strange to everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a good time. Uh, not being white is fun. <laughs> Hallelujah. This I, is, I like I, being a wog. It's the best. Wonderful. Yes, and you will. When yeah. you see the video, you'll see I've been I've been illustrating what you've been saying. Too. <laughs> oh, fantastic! I'm glad. I did I did a long monologue. No, this that was yeah. so we. Th it worked this time. We got you to the end of the at least what we were trying to show you in 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 okay. Kiltz's article. And, amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. So I'm back from my road trip. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on another little trip with. Ethers are who are going to be at BaseCon this weekend. Um, we have some plans to have kilts with us in a video or in in a conversation this weekend, but we haven't figured out the tech on that yet. And, and you know, you can't rely on me. <laughs> For the love of God, someone supervise her. Please help me. Right. Make sure it's all plugged in. <laughs> Make sure it's all plugged in. In any case, hopefully, we'll yeah. we have more to talk with that talk about. Now you'll have much more of the backstory on Drake Alchemicus. So if we're talking about that at base.com, yeah. that will be probably, and we will be back next week. What are we going to talk about next week? Shall we talk about the the girl the girl story? Oh yes, we should. Okay, yes, let's talk about the girl story. So we will see you um um next Wednesday for our, um, the stream. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your comments. Um, I think, uh, we have some, some people are declaring that they've, um, bought the t-shirt. So we, I, and, and that is a, wait, I got to refresh here. Ken says been there, got the t-shirt gaslit motel world fairs. We have more to talk <laughs> about. <laughs> Don't trigger me now, Ken. <laughs> don't, don't. Wait, we're never oh. going to. We got to stop now. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Um, until then, I guess we have need a sign-off call, right? Look, yep. for, look, for, look for pigeons. Look for the pigeons. Look, look for, for the, the pigeons. Look for the pigeons. Good night. <laughs> Good night.